Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including Voltron, Legendary Defender, which we'll be getting into right now. I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I'm joined by Delaney Stovall. Hey, y'all. Justin Cummings. Hello, comrades. And Alex Bonilla. Hello. Uh, for the final time, we'll be discussing a Voltron Legendary Defender today on the that sounds fake. podcast. <laughs> like, I you don't think, think that's real. Oh, you don't believe that it's our last Voltron podcast? Okay. No, I don't at all. <laughs> okay, well, you know, maybe maybe it's some, we could get into things later. But, um, it's, you know, it's the last season and we'll be discussing uh, season eight in its entirety here. Once again, we had our reactions podcast a few days ago. You can check that out at OverlyAnimated.com. Um, search for Overly Animated Voltron. Find our iTunes feed there. Our YouTube is YouTube.com slash Overly Animated. Um, yeah, we've been talking about Voltron since episode one. We have covered every single episode of the show. Delaney and I in the first season went through, uh, with like 12 different podcasts. And then, uh, the show is, has concluded and our potentially final podcast here, over 40 podcasts on Voltron. This is a, a, uh, sad occasion, but we will be, we are happy to discuss all of this final season and get into everything and get some, Three new perspectives here on this last season of Voltron. So make sure you have seen uh, the entirety of season eight of Voltron in every previous episode. Spoilers for the ending, the way the series ends. Make sure you've checked out. And uh, yeah, we're going to be getting into this. So let's just start with overall season reactions. What did you think about the last season? Um, and uh, also, if if you want to get into anything in particular that stood out to you, let's start with Delaney, who I believe just finished the season. They killed Alora. What the <laughs> heck? What the heck? So like, Alora killed Alora. Alora killed Alora. That's true. But um, I had been not not like spoiled, spoiled. But I had seen somebody tweet like, you know, women of color on in something on Voltron, and I was like, oh great, they killed Alora. <laughs> like I was like awesome. And then of course, like we get to the end, and I was like, I knew this was coming, but darn it, I didn't want it to be real. So. I do think overall, I really like this season. Um, they're not as much filler, which is kind of what Voltron's known for, honestly, is they're kind of like fun, offbeat episodes. We really only had... Well, no, I guess we had two. We had the carnival episode, which was much more enjoyable than the horrible camera episode that was exactly. just physically yeah, painful really to easy. watch. Um, I really... I did actually like the camera episode. My girlfriend was very displeased the whole time. I did find it tiring around like the end of it like at first i was like i like this and then it was like we're just gonna film a battle i'm like that's stupid don't do that i'm sorry if you can hear the cat eating velcro while i'm talking because that's what she's doing but overall i i really enjoyed um the season though i do think i didn't really enjoy the farewell farewell tour we were doing which was we're gonna like in some episodes what worked well we brought back characters that we knew that well okay i say we knew we sort of knew some of them and then i was like okay i know vaguely that you were in an episode one time but like i don't actually know who you are but um like the warden was cool um there were a couple others but then they were it was also like i you, they killed you i kind of know you were in an episode and i should feel bad but i don't because like there's so many characters in voltron that i have no idea who you are and that was like in season two so i don't know yeah. and there is something my girlfriend pointed out which was I did enjoy, you know, we have moments where they're like, you know, the power of friendship, we're all, we're all in this together, you know, stay strong, that's fine. But there was, it was a little exhausting how many escape, um, situations we had to escape this season that were like, the lions showed up, thank God, <laughs> which is like the entire show, to be fair. But it was, it became very apparent, particularly in this season. 
But overall, I did really enjoy it. Um, some of the fight scenes were incredible. And I think we went somewhere, in, like, I don't know if the show's ever gone this far with, my like, bending realities and, like, dealing with, honestly, like, nothingness. Especially in on in this format on Netflix and just in like children's animation to to do this was astounding and I think they did it very well and we're obviously going to talk more about Alora and I have a lot of mixed and multiple commentaries on it but ultimately I am satisfied I think with the ending but I did I really did enjoy the season I think we have some incredible character moments okay wow cool stuff yes Delaney overall satisfied with the ending Justin uh, what what did you think of season eight. I thought season eight was possibly the best season of the show. I know that's not the consensus, but I <laughs> no. was really hype on it. I thought that it was really, really good. I There was not a single episode I disliked. Um, there were moments I disliked. Um, Lance and all four, for instance, uh, we'll get to that, I'm sure. But there, honestly, I thought it was a really, really strong season. I thought the documentary episode was a high point. Um, was it a documentary? I seem to be like the... Yeah. Yeah, yeah it kind of really was. was? Yep, they kept yep. saying documentary, but was it? They're documenting the ship. Like, what's the? I, I seem to be the only person who's like, yeah, this was like a really great episode. Yeah. I no, I'm, thought, I'm, I'm with you, Justin. I, I, I give you, you my support. What is day forty-seven? That's the name of it. I thought it was great, just because we really got to see the uh, the Atlas crew a little more, and I thought Hunk's mini arc of that episode was great because it set up like the finale very nicely for Hunk. Um, I really like what they did with Hunk this season. I some people were like, "Oh, it's too stereotypical because Hunk and food," and I'm like, "But this is a meaningful way to portray it." I thought it was cool. Um, Delaney, I know you just finished. Did you get to see the post credit scene? Scene is a generous word. Um, uh, wait, the post credit um, snip. There was a there was a there's an Im- image at the end of the the lions flying towards a constellation that looks like Alara. Basically, is the last shot. Yeah. Oh no, I didn't get to see that. Flying's a strong word. They're floating. It's a it's a it's a still. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, I'll have to. We'll have to. We didn't see that. Still, it's a parallaxed image. It's I don't know what exactly it is, but the point is, so it's kind. Some people are like, Alora might still be alive. And I'm I like, Alora's like in the fabric of reality now. <laughs> so that's why there's a constellation. Um, yeah, I just wanted to make sure that you were aware of that. Because I no, know you, I was, see you it. just I had see to finish it. Yeah. Um, it's literally two seconds. Like, you could see a picture and be fine. Um, okay. Yeah, so I thought this was a really, really great season. I love the carnival episode, especially... I'm looking back through the episodes just to remember which ones like yeah, you were really strong. I thought it was really. Re- <laughs> I binged it out, so I don't remember names. Like, yeah, um, you could describe them. I thought Onerva is one of the best villains we've seen. It reminded me, Onerva reminded me a lot of Kavira from Kavira is the name, right? From yeah, yeah from Cora. 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 Yeah. Kavira. Yeah, reminded me a lot of Kavira in that. Female villain, final season, been leading up to, was hinted that she'd be the villain beforehand. Really interesting plot, not traditional villain motivations per se, not traditional goals per se. I thought it was a really cool ending. I really liked Anerva. I really liked her plot. I really liked what they did with the Galra. I really liked how we ended with the Altaeans as the villains and the Galra as the ally. I think that was a really interesting direction to take the show. And so... Yeah, I, I really like the season. Okay. 
to uh, very high marks for season eight. What say you, Alex? I am not going to go as strong as Justin in terms of calling this the best season of the show. Like I, I, I'm of the mind that this show kind of peaked in the middle, like seasons four and five ish. Like whenever Lodor was a much stronger villain, I think that that's where it hit its high. But at the same time, I, I still think on the whole, the season was enjoyable. I, I'm, I'm with Justin that I, I enjoyed the, the, um, the documentary episode and the carnival episode of Clear Day. But I think it's because of the fact that at this point of the show like it's an action show like there's no getting around that and it's a main part of it but like at by this point all the action sequences just blend together at at this point like there's so there's only so many robot fights i can handle uh, i was a little disappointed that the the onerva and a giant mech thing like in in like in theory like that should have excited me like hey onerva's got a good, cool mech thing but then i'm like wait but what but this looks very close to lotor's anti-voltron and the no, fight i was is exhausted very- the and, the, time. and the fight is very similar to Lotor's robot versus Voltron that we just saw like two seasons ago. So it's like the the action stuff is serviceable, but because of the fact that there's so much action, it's what I think that's why I, I gravitate to these like more experimental episodes. And I wish that Voltron had had tried a bit more in that direction but i i get why they have to stick to the formula just based on like what the show is so uh, but but that makes it these we these like both the more far out episodes a little more interesting when they do pop up uh, as for characters uh, i i agree that onerva oh, oh, they did great with uh, with making her a strong, a, like a more fleshed out villain. It's great. Uh, I'm a sucker for villain flashback episodes. So like we see Onerva get, we see Onerva like becoming um, corrupted, and we see Lodor struggling with like, wait, why is my mom like? Well, I guess he doesn't even know that it's his mom, and like that—that's what spurs him to get harbor so much resentment and stuff. So see, seeing all of that is great, and then it's also Allura, like Allura getting focused for an entire season is is good, even if the ending is uh, a little, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little tough. But uh, I I enjoyed that we had a season of her as the focus. Uh, I'm also a little disappointed that that came at the expense of other characters. Uh, I guess we'll talk a little bit about like how the, our quote unquote main cast uh, is reflected in this. So, but I think that Alora and Onerva come out as like the main stars of this season. That they, they got their focus and they did well with the, with the attention we gave them. And yeah, and the, then like the final five minutes, like the ending montage, like it's like the it, it's the the easiest way to end a series with the good feelings and it works here too so uh, i think in the end i'm just like okay then well i'll try and, okay show I, i'm in the end i'm happy that i watched it even if maybe the like this season was bumpy but it, it got it got there so uh, in the end i'm i'm fine nice good stuff uh it's cool to see uh, as a whole you three i'm more positive on this season i think we're a little lower on the previous podcast um and uh, yeah for, briefly i definitely thought uh season three to six are 
are the peak the peak here and then i think this is better than seven but uh not quite up to to where we were in the middle of the show um and we can get into some potential reasons why see if you guys disagree um i was gonna dive immediately into the shiro stuff at the end but it seems like we are uh, more top of mind for allura dying so let's get into that first um we can we can unpack that a little bit more because that was a big uh the maybe the biggest uh, things in terms of stakes that has happened in the series Alara sacrifices herself to save uh all the realities and uh, everything everything the entire universe and all other universes and parallel universes and uh you know maybe i guess that's the highest uh, yeah they, i guess us if, if we exist in, in, the, in Alara the saved us my lord and savior Alara. <laughs> Are we possible to exist? Yes. Ergo, in any multiverse, we are possible. Ergo, we she saved us. Okay, so um, she's uh, our our Lord and Savior, Alara. Yes. Um, as as well, uh, and the the fandom has uh, largely uh, reacted negatively to this. Very as, mad. Like, They're Del- very Delaney mad. has alluded to. Yeah, Delaney, why don't you unpack your thoughts on this a little bit more? You're coming on a little bit. Uh, you're a little bit raw from uh, just seeing this. Uh, did you? How did yes. you react? Were you? Um, upset personally at seeing her die, and, and to, how do you like react in terms of a, a broader media scope with with this? So uh, I'm crying while this is going on, and of course my girlfriend. We had may have been drinking, and by that I mean my girlfriend was drinking, and she has been crying off and on the entire time we're watching, we're binging, and I like I have not cried until until. I'm like, no, 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 we're doing this whole, like, Alora has to go down the line and hug and say something really sweet and sentimental to each person. And I'm like, nope, I can't do this. Nope, 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 nope. Crying. Then she dies. I'm crying some more. And then we have this stupid dinner. And I'm like, oh, no. And I'm like, this is the worst. So, okay. Personally, I'm devastated. Like, you know, we talk about our main cast. And the show begins and ends with Alora, which is, you know, why they named the end of the last episode whatever stupid thing the end in the beginning the beginning is the end, whatever the, the heck end is. is the beginning whatever it is which is like identical to whatever cora episode name yeah is it better or worse than the cora book one finale end game uh better or worse <laughs> basically the same that's a whole other podcast yes yeah, basically the same but god we could do a whole podcast and like stupid episode names but so i, I was personally devastated but if i did i did know it was coming and which is kind of what's sad about it honestly in the media scope which i'm about to get there but so alora beginning to end is the main character of this series she like this is why the paladins are together this is why voltron is when she became a paladin of voltron it was very deeply satisfying to me and for what it means for all media and it was awesome and her as the blue line has been awesome this entire time and like we were saying about um her her getting a focus this season is what she has deserved the entire series and they did a great job of her focus for this season. And the thing is, what's so upsetting about this is that it is a satisfying ending. Narratively, it's great. Um, we have this, it's closure. You know, Alora lost her planet. She lost everything. But then at the end, we get Altea back, but there's no Alora. So even though we have this ultimate triumph, what Alora would have wanted, she's not there. Um, I don't know if anyone's ever read Allegiant from the Divergent series. So the reason I'm bringing this up is because it's the same stupid nonsense. And again, this is what happens in media. You have like the main female character. Spoilers, if you haven't read Divergent, Triss dies in the end. At the very end of the book, she just dies in the Legion. And you're like, why did I read these three books about her? That's kind of what we get to here. Um, we have this incredible series. 
Um, I do agree, though. I believe the series did peak in season six or, you know, somewhere in the middle there. And they kill her. And she does. She dies in a, you know, blaze of glory. It's beautiful. We have these beautiful, we have actual closure. It's not like where Keith would have, you know, Keith has tried to sacrifice himself like every episode, like for like (laughs) three years. (laughs) So, but, but, you know, this isn't like, you know, moment of battle. She, you know, she gets to say her goodbyes and that, you know, it's kind of very similar to Harry Potter where Harry gets to have his moment with the resurrection stone before, you know, makes the decision to sacrifice himself. So in that, it's satisfying emotionally. It's satisfying, like, narratively. We are closing Allure's chapter. But, so again, narratively, it's great. You know, this is great storytelling. It feels great. You're sad. It's cathartic. All the stuff. It's awesome, right? Media-wise, this is horrible, and they do this all the time. So we have a woman of color. She is one of, if not arguably, the main character of the series. Um, We, you know, push her to the back for half the show. We bring her in, and it's awesome. We make her a paladin. We build her up. We build her up. She becomes an incredible role model on Netflix uh, in, in the show. She's great. She's a great leader. And we get to see, you know, deeply personal things with Laura. You know, her relationship with Lance, her relationship with all the paladins, and stuff with her family. We get to see this. Str- you know, we finally get something that Dylan loves, which is always like making, you know, your characters dark. We get we we get to dabble in dark Laura. <laughs> we get to, we get to do everything with Laura. It's amazing. And then we kill her at the end. And to not only fridge a female character, and the thing is, this is fridging ultimately because, like the 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 last five minutes almost makes it worse. So we kill her, and then we're like, we're gonna celebrate. It's like, okay, I get it. This is supposed to be really nice and cathartic that we're remembering Alora, but it's just. We do this all the time. Happened in Divergent. It happens, you know. You just you have a, f- ma- a f- main female character and you kill her. It doesn't matter. Maybe you know it would have been the same. Honestly, it would have been just as bad if they had killed Pidge, which I wouldn't be talking right now if they killed Pidge. To be fair, <laughs> you wouldn't but, be on this podcast. No, there wouldn't be a podcast if they killed Pidge. But it's just not only we fridge a woman character, we fridge a woman of color, which like in Voltron we don't have a lot of those. <laughs> we have aliens, which is great, but it's not the same. And we have all of, like, I think two or three women of color in what we would say, like, the ensemble cast. I'm thinking Veronica and, um, what's her name? Is it Razavi? And, like, we have a couple. And then now we also do have, um, is his name Curtis? Is that his name? Uh, Shiro's uh, husband, yes. Boy, yeah, we yeah. get him. And then we also have Kincaid. And that's kind Wouldn't of it. Nerva count as a woman of color? What? Anerva? Yes, Anerva does count. Which We also kill Anerva. We kill two of them at the same time. <laughs> like, at the same time. They joined forces. <laughs> which one, that, that was great, and I do think oh, that no, was great. we killed a villain. Yeah, we kill a villain. Whoa! We, we have literally killed every villain in this show. Which, like, we know that we could have another ethical conversation about that. But, so... I think we didn't... Te- technically, the heroes didn't kill the villain this time, so that's a whole other bucket. That's true. But, um, that's yeah. different. But so narratively, great, cool. Um, it, you know, they did it. It made sense. It wasn't. It didn't feel like oh, we're just going to kill it right now, which sometimes that does happen, and that's how it feels. But ultimately, for media, this is not satisfying, and it's really irritating. And I understand why the fandom is very mad about this because you take you know like the one character you have, and you're like, oh, into the furnace. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, I defend Dolores' death. Well, yeah, good, good stuff. I think uh, Delaney did a great job of summarizing both both sides of that. So, uh, yeah, Justin, how do you how do you feel about this? You referenced uh, the the fandom outrage on our nominations podcast, but I don't know how I, you I personally did. feel about it. I I on on the on that podcast, I tried to be very neutral of just basically saying why well, I think Voltron may not win Show of the Year. But so the thing is, there's there's two things for this. First off, um. For those of you who don't know, because Delaney and I are comic book nerds, and not everyone may know the term fridging, I don't know how popular it is outside comic book use. I mean, it's pretty, pretty, pretty ubiquitous at this point. Is it? Say. Is yeah. it big now? Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. I've been, writing a, I've been writing a superhero thesis, so literally, hmm. I have read well, more uh, articles on fridging. If, if I'm like, let me just give the definition as I know it, and I'm not a comic book nerd, but basically, okay. it's killing a female character to give motivation to a male character. That's the way I've usually heard fridging. Yes, that traditionally, is fridging. yes, that's how Gail Simone defined it. After it, it comes from a Green Lantern comic where Green Lantern came home. Girlfriend was stuffed in a fridge. Er, I have to fight minor villain who really had no impact right. whatsoever. And so I'd argue this isn't fridging. This is one of those situations that to me closer resembles the end of Silver Surfer's recent run where, yes, the female character dies, but it's not to motivate a male character. I will say this, this- doesn't fit the textbook comp- like textbook of fridging but i was i meant really i should have clarified in that it it is in that vein of let's like again like killing the female character to further the plot to she is the duet the she is the how do you say that stupid word deus ex machina where you just kill her i'm pretty sure i'm saying it wrong i'm probably saying it saying it the dylan way which is fine you gotta write deus ex machina that's the greek so that's what i meant it's not it is not the textbook definition of fridging which i do agree with but I think main protagonist going down in a blaze of glory in their final episode is a tradition that stems way, way back. So if we're going to have female main characters, it would make sense that they also end up dying in some plots. I understand that she wasn't quite in the main front force the entire time, so it is it does feel a little less earned. Like, to have but an also, ensemble that is majorly... Yeah. yeah, but if we want to call her the main character, then the main character dying, that's kind of a thing. But my biggest gripe is the fact that everyone's like, oh, the writers are racist, the writers are racist, the writers are racist. How dare they kill a woman of color? The fact that Allura is a woman of color was a conscious decision by the show to give Voltron more diversity. In the original 80s show, Allura's white as heck. She is super duper pale. And they even kind of referenced this in the first episode of the season when Hunk's talking about the show, which is the 80s Voltron. He's like, yeah, Keith is, uh, Shiro's super, or Coran's super serious, and Alora's a little, eh, like, they say it without saying it. And so it's almost like, had they not made the decision to make Alora a woman of color, people would have complained about the show not being diverse enough. They made the decision to make her a woman of color and gave her the sacrifice trope. It, 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 it's almost like a, you know, they're between a rock and a hard place. It's like, what what I, I don't like the idea of if you're going to make this character, you cannot use X, Y, and Z plot types. These are not allowed because that's I, I don't like doing that, especially when the fact that Alora is a woman of color was a conscious decision to make the show more diverse. And then it's still a conscious choice. Though, I mean, it's for, still a yeah. conscious choice to kill her off, but it's like. Especially like it, it, it takes me off to no end when the people when I see online. 
the writers are racist. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, look, look. The Voltron, the, the Voltron fandom is a Voltron fandom. We, we can talk well, about is, it on yeah, our level. Well, there, that's different than we do need to refer to this in the context of greater media. This is not the best thing. Oh no, and that's not, that's the point. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's not the greatest thing. But I also don't think it means that the writers of the show are yeah. evil. Well, no, that's people not that's not even the question. Of, that's not the question we're even. But that's positive. what I've I don't been even, hearing. That's what people have been saying. Yeah, I don't. I don't really feel the need to talk on the the level. I'm not arguing with the fandom yeah. or talking about the fandom. Yeah. I'm just talking. I would. I literally just saw that tweet and knew that they had killed Laura. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, to, fa- to be fair, they could have met Anerva. But I knew <laughs> that was wrong. <laughs> yeah. That's what's wrong. Is that I read a very vague tweet about Voltron and knew yes. what had happened. That's bad, spoiling bad. Um, Alex, do you have a, a strong take on this? Uh, not particularly. I mean, I, I can't get into into as deep of like a, a more a, a, a larger context on this, but just in the show, I'll say that it does. It did feel a little weird at first, given that Alora does not start the show as a like a big main cast member. Like we start with the five paladins, right? And then Alora like gets added in uh, gradually. Like she begins to supporting them, becomes main. So like for her to be the one killed off, like it, it felt inevitable at some point in the middle of watching, just because it's like, well, are they actually going to kill one of the? real main characters like if they were going to kill somebody you're like they're going to kill Alora. yeah yeah so like that that part felt a little weird and also at this point in the in the season like we had gone so like this show like just keeps raising stakes raising stakes okay how do we make this even more universe starting okay let's kill all realities (laughs) like but once you get to that far off solving the problem is like so unintelligible that like the 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 resolution doesn't make sense like it's literally the the image of her and Nerva just walking into the light and okay that's solved like all the, the realities begin like branching off again it's like it i guess artistically it's like okay that looks cool but logically while i'm watching the show it's like well wait so what what even happened and like that that kind of hurts my my impression of the scene If, if if i don't know what they did to save the universe then do i care like that 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 that's kind of my thing and especially since like that image of walking into the light or walking into the darkness i feel like this season used a lot of that it so did. so by by this final season where that's your climactic moment it's like come on man like you're, you're reusing a same also, motif they actually so. did a lot of characterization for allura this season that made you kind of not want to care like i'm thinking of um the scene where she's talking to lance and she's like you know i thought we all needed each other we were a family in space but i'm here now on earth and it's made me realize that you all have families and something to come back to but i don't so it's like it doesn't matter if i die no one will care well so, you, you kind of think in those scenes, like because then lance comes back it's like wait a minute right, right. where, no, where obvious, are your family sort of thing? and like the, the show tries to do that yeah but like i guess it's just at a point where like the stakes are so high that like in these final episodes characterization kind of goes out the window like you, you like okay we've done the character stuff in the first half of the season so now the second half we can just focus on the action but if that happens then i'm like my mind is going back to like the base of what i remember these characters being and allura is the alien and so she's the one who gets to be cast off i guess yeah it's it's i think i think uh arguments on uh from a narrative lens and like delaney presented and then arguments from a uh general media lens um and both uh very valid here and uh yeah i think i think it's a good summary i don't have a ton to add to it um you could you could even question from 
the show's narrative lens, how much it added. Um, but, uh, it's, it, uh, I, the, my main reaction to it from the, the show's lens was at least this is something that felt big for the final season. Um, right. Yeah. This is made this it show. feel like a finale, like a series yeah. finale. Yeah. 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 I do think from a show that has had potential issues before, um, with, uh, with, uh, progressive issues, uh, and attempting things, not getting it through, you know, maybe not, not the best idea to, to go about this here. Um, but also there is the other thing which I want to get into. So, um, we, we can oh, look at- but he's gay. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. wait, 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 just for the finale, I just want to bring an alternative, like uh, what I thought kind of was going to happen at the beginning is like, what if everyone died? Like, what if just the entire Voltron I thought there was going to be like, died? guns, like reality's over. <laughs> well, no, or like they save realities but they all sacrifice themselves and like the universe somehow remembers that like i i, I entered the season thinking that was a possibility and by the end i was like oh no it's just it's just gonna be Alora. but like i wonder like would that have improved things if like they just had had the uh, like were able to do like the whole shebang at once honestly it would have almost made more sense narratively because especially considering the the season and how many times they like you know we're like we have to do this together and i as stupid as it was we did have them all together again when they combined the ships. So stupid. But everyone got to be together and we had like, you know, those, you know, what they'd like to do with the, you know, they have all everyone to split screen with everybody. And so um, we could, that would have been honestly, I think actually narratively, it would have actually been better is that we they all go out in one big blaze of glory and we get rid of Voltron because now it's like we still have Voltron, but we don't need Voltron. Instead, we would have destroyed everything all at once and everyone would have been like, you know, they could have done something cute. Like they go through different realities and no one really remembers, but there's hints there and there that people remember, but they don't know what they're remembering. Mm. You know, like they could have done something cute. I can imagine that, yeah. I kind of want everyone to die just because right now I hate people and I want everyone sad. No one gets to live. Don't anymore. don't don't take your uh, okay, don't, don't don't take that. Okay, don't take that. That is, <laughs> that is literally what a Nerva wanted was I can't be happy, so I'm going to destroy yeah, she, everyone she, everywhere. She, she because, like, I really yeah. like the Nerva. <laughs> she was so mad. Only Slav gets to survive. Only Dylan gets to be happy. Okay, I would be happy if only Slav survived. That's true. Wow. <laughs> I think Slav would have been happy. Uh. <laughs> The whole if, fina- the whole final ten minutes is just love. They didn't wear green socks. Yeah, that'd have been a good ending. I would have liked that as the no. But uh, let's talk about the actual ending. Then <laughs> let's transition to the actual last <laughs> shot. The epilogue, uh, as opposed to the uh, and yeah, we can talk about the other epilogues. But I want to specifically dive into this uh, Shiro wedding and kiss uh, shot that we end the show on. Um, we with uh, as we later learn, Curtis, this background character throughout the season. He um, had a name the whole time. Uh, no, okay. but that's just his checking, name. Just checking. No, I mean I don't think they say it. Maybe I they... knew he was, to be fair, because they had multiple t- moments of him yelling, you know, at Shiro. Or okay, at... you you did, you did. He was in your mind. I didn't, I didn't like. No, as soon him as we all. saw it, I was like, he's the guy on the ship, right? And my girlfriend okay. was like, yeah, and I was like, cool. okay, yeah, yeah. He was on, he's on the Atlas with with Shiro the whole season. Yeah. So uh, they get there. We get the uh, the confirming the uh, not not necessarily confirming, but the like uh, culminating moment of. Uh, Shiro being gay, which we presented last season to much uh, chagrin from us in the way it was displayed, I guess. Uh, we were, it was, uh, you know, kind of this heavily censored scene that reveals Shiro's gay without really ever getting into anything remotely explicit with him. Um, and so here we actually get uh, a kiss with him and Curtis, and they're married at the end, and we, we learn that he has a happy ending. Um, and this is kind of the antithesis, I think, to Allura dying, which is uh, there's the happy ending for the gay character here, um, for the minority character. And uh, he 
this is not only that it is a monumental uh kind of moment here for uh as as I got into this a little bit on the first podcast but this is the first male male kiss involving a main character in American or western kids animation um so this is like big deal on its own it does uh involve a random character which i think is a lot of the chagrin of fans of the show where it's like this character that's not built up that we do not know we're not invested in their relationship um so uh a lot of people upset with how this was handled um some people um positive to see this kiss here delaney wh- what did, what was your reaction to seeing it and how are you feeling about it right now I'll be honest, I almost didn't care. <laughs> like, I understand that it's monumental and it's great. Um, and I like, you know, I was like, cool. I was like, he was on the ship, right? So I was satisfied that I had seen him before. Um, it did feel, you know, it was kind of after season, seeing season seven and all the hubbub around it. It kind of almost felt like, oh, cool. I'm glad y'all threw this in here. Um, I mean, it's great. I mean, it really is. It's, but. It is, and you know, people are like, can't you just be happy with what you have? And it's like, no, I'm not going to be happy with what I have. Yeah, so you would have liked to have seen uh, more of a build-up. More Anything. Of a, yeah. Ishiro talking to Curtis one time outside of all this. And, I mean, it is great, though. And, you know, to have it in the epilogue, and I do think, like, it was it was fine. It was, it was fine. I'm glad it happened. Um... And this is a big deal for DreamWorks, I believe. Yes, yes. big. It's a very big deal for DreamWorks. Yes. The same studio that brought us, um, what is his name? Dear God. Uh, Shrek? I know. <laughs> no, LL Shrek. No, I'm talking about How to Train Your Dragon and Hiccups. The Blacksmith. What is his name? It starts with a G, I think. I uh, know what you're talking about. He, he's gay. Like they, We know that. It's just they can't hint at it enough. But um, so this is a big deal for DreamWorks and yeah. Gobber. His name's Gobber. movie coming out in like three months. Yes. But um, like I it's just I, I part of it was like I was so mad about Laura that I was like, I don't really care. But mm. it was I and again, I literally just watched it. But, you know, it's one of those things. It was nice. They put it at the end. But, you know, there has been no mention of anything for eight seasons. Like, we got set season seven heavily censored. I knew he was gay. But that's because I have my gay goggles on all the time. Because I'm gay. You know, <laughs> <laughs> how that works. Oh, is that how that works? Okay. It is. And granted, we also did have, um, I did enjoy, uh, honestly, something better that, you know, we can maybe talk about just for a brief moment was uh, Sethrid and Inzor. Yes. So that, like, that, that was best. very gay. That was so gay. Like, like uh, also Veronica and how do you know how you yeah, say her? Uh, actually, yeah, actually, yeah, we'll get we'll get we'll get to Zethra and Nezer in a second. But, that, that's um, also so big, we yeah. can have that, but we don't like. Okay, Shiro, here's a man for you. Like, I'm glad Shiro got a happy ending because that man deserves it. But it was like I'm happy, cool. I it's it's what's sad is that this is such a big deal and like it basically wasn't anything. That's kind of what's like it is something. It's very important for us going moving forward from here. But um, in terms of watching it, we, you don't watch it. You don't watch it. You just—it's just a picture. In terms, in terms of a build-up for a romance, yes, yeah, the, yeah. But um, I mean, this is a big deal, and I'm happy it happened. And you know, you know, considering the legacy core left, and we have a lot of the same crew here on Voltron, I this is this is a good legacy, and um, this is ultimately this is something amazing, and we're we are continuing to move forward from here. 
Okay, cool. And uh, like, yeah, like you said, is a big moment for uh, DreamWorks, who uh, did not think was capable of this. Um, and yeah, uh, oh. yeah not only d- this is the first uh, non-Cartoon Network uh, kiss involving a main yes. character, and yeah, so that's that's there's like there. In context of, of some of the other shows we have covered in 2018, this is kind of a- disappointing that it was DreamWorks <laughs> that it was. Yeah, and then it, uh, it potentially well, bodes well for future DreamWorks shows. It does, she, she, and she, she I real. think yeah. for other uh, projects as well. That if DreamWorks can do this, that. Yeah, I, th- I did not think DreamWorks would be second to the to the gun here. So that's not that's, at that's, all. That's, that's very good. Um, Justin, uh, what was your reaction to seeing this, and how are you thinking about it now? Um, I wish I had this when I was a young lad, and mm. it wouldn't have taken me till college to realize I like dudes. But you know, it's cool. I'm not relatable. Well, that was me and Cora, so I feel you. I, I yeah, I think to me, I, I completely understand the whole. There's no buildup. But on the other hand, it's like, does it need, I feel like, I, I, I understand the want of, oh, this is a cop-out, this is shoehorned in. But on the other hand, Shiro does not owe you any explanation for why he fell in love with this man. Like, I, to me, I see it and I'm like, yeah, he found another person, he's happy. And I think that as much as we talk about this show, the key demographic for DreamWorks is that young male audience. That's why they make so many toys that combine. Like, that is their key demographic. That's what is able to keep the show funded. And the fact that I think this is probably Adventure Time 2, but this is the first, like, mech, action, traditional, quote-unquote, boy show to have a same-sex kiss in Western animation. And I think that that is just, to me... The fact that it happened at all in a quote-unquote, you know, boy show, action show, mech show, boys are just watching their giant robots and then, oh, it's okay to kiss a guy. Like, to me, I think had it been, I think had there been a build-up, it would have been better, but I'm completely happy with this because of what show it's in. I think that this is not the show I expected to do it. I mean, I think that we all kind of expected it more just knowing who made the show. But in high, like actually looking at it, this is a reboot of an 80s mech anime by the people that brought you Madagascar 3. Like, this should not, like, in all reality, we should have not expected anything. But we got more than more than what we honestly should have expected. I think that we expected more knowing who made the show, but for, like you said, for DreamWorks to do this was actually really, really important. And I think it's going to have a positive impact on a lot of young kids who in 10 years are going to be us podcasting. Like, yeah, this episode changed me. This episode really positively impacted my life. Yeah. That, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, I think I great point with, this is complete credit to Joaquin Lauren and the crew who uh, this is, solely because of them and right like the, the the context of the show should not have um probably would not have allowed this in and probably why they got so much pushback and why they're heavily censored in the previous season probably the scene was also censored in a large capacity um you know probably. Like the, i assume that this was you know generally um i say this i try to say this every time we talk about this now because nobody's aware of it but Every show you're watching has had representation censored constantly. It is not just a isolated incident. So, um, and yeah, Justin, like you said, the, the, the biggest impact will be on the, the, the young kids, especially boys watching this, who, um, this is un- unprecedented, uh, for them having access to that. So that's, uh, a really, uh, big deal. Um, 
Yeah. Alex, what's your, what's your thoughts on this? Well, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, okay. I'm impressed. Like Voltron actually did it. So like, as, as Justin mentions, like it's, this isn't the type of show that you expect it to come from, like in terms of genre. So the fact that we end on that shot, like it is like a, an accomplishment in itself. I wonder, though, I think part of the problem why it's, it didn't have the effect on some viewers that it may have is also the fact that, like, Shiro as a character, like, this in the, in the past couple of seasons, he's gotten the focus of, like, getting the, the, the gay representation up. Last season, he had the Adam thing, and, like, that bro- broke him and made him sad. And then this season, he really had nothing to do except lead the Atlas, kind of show up every once in a while to be like... Hey, uh, hey, loosen up at the carnival, and that's it. So, and then Shiro at the very end, we we get we get to kiss. But the problem is that like Shiro was such a big character in the first half of the show, and then like slowly as we went into the clone stuff, and like we like turned him into like a very emotionless person. Even when he came back, he kind of stayed emotionless, and so the the like that that kind of hurts the connection to the character. And so when he gets something great like this. To the point where they have to be so on the nose with the crawl of he found his happiness. Like I, I don't know, but like that phrase stood out to me as like very like hitting a, a a nail on a hammer sort of thing. So but because like Shiro is portrayed, especially in the second half of the show, as just not really having any emotions or like just not not having anything to hang on to. So the, his his character, I, I think uh, his characterization in the second half of the show is part of why that this uh, moment might not have as much of an effect as it maybe should. But all, all the same, I think that it's impressive that this got in at all. And also the fact that like even a show like like Steven Universe that we compared to, like that we've also heard a lot of stories about how much they fought to get that stuff through. And that's with all the buildup that they had already done. So imagine like with, with something like Voltron, where this, this didn't end up getting through until very, very late in the show until the ending. So you have to imagine there's a, there's a similar process that like finally broke through right when they were ending. So j- just considering all, all of that in context, like it still makes it an impressive moment. But I, I just feel kind of sad that like the, the lack of Shiro in these final two seasons caused this moment to not have the effect that it should. Yeah, um, definitely can't be understated uh, how much Joaquin and Lauren probably had a fight to get this moment in the show. So um, I would keep that in mind when commenting about it online. Like, uh, you know, this is this is not a it's it's not you can't just they can't just do what they want this is a property owned by a large corporation and um yeah i I think yeah the steven universe thing it's like uh even even in the context that got steven universe to break through like in this i feel like voltron also has a similar thing it's like the the moment to break through is like the really hard thing and this was was that for the show um i think there's a lot of reasons to not be happy with what we ultimately got here and those are very valid um and we've talked about them um alex has great points about shiro not being a particularly um well-focused character the last few seasons um delaney talked about how that this uh romance was not really built up at all and uh certainly would have been better and more validating if uh this had actually been a romance arc that was presented um all that being said uh my main reaction was just very positive to this and uh to the fact that we actually saw this which i was not expecting after last season knowing that they had a kiss censored um they got it through i it's 
fantastic. I'm really proud of them and all the work that everyone on the show did. Um, I was personally surprised how validating and personally meaningful it's all to actually see that. And like, uh, it's a big deal. Um, so like, it's, I don't know. I, it's, it's a little frustrating to see so much negative reaction. Like I'm really happy with ending the show on this note. Like that's a huge, that's a huge thing. And, um, just seeing, like two men kiss on screen like that and with like a character who is near and dear to the hearts of the viewers in Shiro. Um, it's a fantastic way to end the show and I think gives Voltron progressive legitimacy beyond, you know, the contents of the show um, in the history of, of animation. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think, I think it's really great. Um, it's, there's, it's in the context of a, a year where we've had a bunch of good stuff and we're going to, we're going to hopefully get into that in a separate podcast going through all of that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh it's it's interesting that uh, it's, it's interesting to talk about the season of Ultron ending on this note. It feels like separate things, um, I, and I do I do feel like it seems like a little bit of a separate thing, which is to the point of some uh, frustrations and how it was handled. It feels like okay, we talked about the last shot. Now let's talk about the actual season, um, which is I guess where I'm going to transition to. But uh, that being said, yeah, uh, a lot to, a lot a lot of uh, positive uh, reactions from us. It looks like to a to a certain extent. Um, well, just one, one minor thing, like with, with the the mon- like the montage is the ending. It's just interesting to point out that like all, all the montage shots are stills, except for the Shiro kiss, which we do get to see good in motion. I, I think that 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 was a good decision to like let that be the one that's in motion. This was like a minor animation thing. Yeah, so I think it was just beautifully presented. Yeah, like like you said, and also the music behind it is the the the, the music. Uh, cue that stuck out to me the most in the entire series the 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 final cue for Voltron um so it was, it was just a really beautiful scene um yeah okay uh we'll uh we'll talk a little bit more uh in in a in a separate podcast but let's uh let's let's get into anything else from the season now we have uh i guess uh, more brief thoughts on uh, other things from the season eight and uh let's i i want to know um something that stood out to you from the season i think let's let's go to that and we can like briefly touch on the things that did stand out a character a plot line um that uh that maybe jumps out at you look you look back fondly on from the season um delaney uh, anything come to mind there uh, i definitely have two like big things so first is my child pidge um, so I really love, um, when it's, when, uh, they go to Alcarion and it's destroyed and it's Pidge and Alora and Pidge is, um, like, like living the history of Alcarion, like learning what happened. Um, I think that was, um, beautifully presented and why it's Pidge. And I think we've kind of, like we were talking about, you know, with such a large ensemble and when we focus, like we focused on Keith for like three seasons <laughs> and when you, um, you know, we lose focus on characters here and there, but I do think we did a really great job of with Pidge specifically this season. And we have, in, you know, in some seasons we kind of like, she gets slid back a little bit, but I really love this episode. And for Pidge and Alora's relationship has always been um, important to me in the show. And I really did love that was like the jumping around and you know reiner and all that i really i really did enjoy it i do what battle scars yes yes battle scars i really i just i love that episode um it was also like hilarious that the weblum was in it like what's so random why was the weblum in it but um i do think that was a great episode like just how it was presented and you know flashing between the present and also it was another thing that we hadn't really dealt really with a lot of the aftermath 
um, in the show to have, like, you know, we're always saving places and we know that the Galra are terrible, but you know, after the fight in season seven, you're, you're, it just happened so suddenly and you're like, what the heck was that? But then to come to Alcarion where we, ha- we have spent a whole episode in Alcarion and we dealt with a lot of stuff on Alcarion and you know, like I really love the planet and like the people on it and it's really cool. But then to go back and to see it decimated was a very powerful and I think one of the more powerful messages about war that the show has done, because the show, it's played with things here and there. But um, I do think this was really great, I, just in, in its entirety. And I think it was a wonderful journey for Pidge. And I, it also connected well with, you know, it never made a lot of sense. Why, you know, I get that the green line's green, but like, you know, the nature stuff. But then to have that connection. And then, um, I don't remember her name, the other paladin. You know, when she was, like, talking to Pidge and being like, the, I'm really The glad. original Pidge, yeah. The original Pidge. That was such a sweet scene. <laughs> like, that was really cute. That is another thing to, to transition into. Um, I really did like when they fought the old paladins and, you know, had, you know, had their little heart-to-hearts and they talked. And I did get over it very fast, though, because I was like, can y'all go away yet? But then I finally understood why they didn't go away, and we actually finally dealt with Zarkon, which was something I wasn't anticipating. So that was something nice that happened. Um, so I really enjoyed that. And then, uh, I think Alex mentioned this, that he really loved the Anerva flashbacks. And I love, I do think that, Inerva, like, you know, it's obvious Anerva's like one of the best villains ever. And I think they've done a great job with her the entire series. But, um, I really, they're like, she's evil and she's like horrifically evil, but you feel bad for her like the whole time because it's tragic. And I do think one of the most like the flashback episode specifically i think it's the second episode i don't remember what it's called yep, yep. yep. Shadows. shadows shadows that is um one that i think that might be one of the like you know a contender for top, one of the best episodes of the series was like i understand that like you know it's really just catching you up but to see those scenes because things happened very quickly when we realized that anerva was lortor's mom and then like understanding that zarkon and anerva didn't remember their history but then now we have found out that i we think zarkon may have known the whole time it gets very unclear kind of in the middle of season eight whether zarkon knew what he was doing or not um because you know he's like said do you know who i am and she's like you're the emperor and it's like do you know do you know don't know but um it is really tragic to see it all unfold and it makes I think it would make me, I would like to go and rewatch things to, cause it was all very confusing when like they, like when it first, you know, was like, we, they're not who they think they are and they don't know. And, but I do think the flashbacks really helped and especially understanding Lotor's side of things. Also baby Lotor's adorable, but um, like little kid of Lotor, it's so cute. He's so little. His stupid little legs, so cute. But, is, is, it, is it weird that baby Lotor reminds me of Pharaoh's kid from the Prince of Egypt? It's a weird comparison. I think it makes sense. That is a because weird they both have like little British voices and they're, they're like, That's fair. Daddy, what's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Alex is just in a DreamWorks movie. It reminds me yeah. a lot of Zuko. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, also, we also made Zuko. that comparison on previous podcasts. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, good stuff there. I, I love the highlighting of Battle Scars. That's one we haven't talked about a ton. I think that episode's just super gorgeous. It's um, astonishing. It's so yeah. good. Yeah, uh, definitely one of um, the can, can I just ask, though, ha- from that episode and the first episode with Dilkerion, had we done anything with Pidge's plant thing? 
There is like one part where she like uses it and that's it. Okay. So that explains why that episode didn't work on me. Because <laughs> I was like, yes. okay, let's get to what they're looking for. Like the flashbacks were were like they're they're well presented, like the whole idea of like seeing the past while you're still in the present. Like that that framing thing works, but I just don't care. Like we we haven't been in this planet for four seasons. Why why is this why is this? You don't deeply love Pidge the way I do, so like I understand. <laughs> we uh yeah, I I'll to I think Alcarian was one of the planets that we're supposed to care about. It was in a few episodes. Um, no, but, but it is, it's one of those yeah. things where, like, there's so many planets and we see so many people. And it's like, yeah. this is cool. But, like, I also kind of don't. Like, there was, yeah. like, I was talking about, the, you know, the farewell tour. And we had, um, I don't remember his name. Like, in the, like, in whatever episode it was. You know, oh, they send the ship to do reconnaissance. And they all die, right? I know that guy was in a cave and the rebels, but I don't know his name and he died. I was like, am I supposed to be sad? Like you were in one episode. Yeah, there's a lot of that. <laughs> there's a lot of that. That uh, I think, uh, yeah. I, I think barely that, remember the Balmera was a living thing. I did not remember that. So I was, yep. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, I forgot there's more than, more than one Balmera. I also didn't know that. Yeah. That's yeah, I was <laughs> like, there was more than one. Oh, there's a lot of you. Okay. That, that one had genuinely been a long time since we saw that. that. Was, uh, really Alkari was in the show recently, at least. Yes. So I, that's why I think this was more successful than the other ones. But yeah. Um, I didn't, fair, like, literally could not tell you what the cubes did. Um, yeah. They enhanced the energy. It's, yeah. Uh, tech, tech. tech. They were like, we're stealing the cubes. And I was like, what did those do? I don't remember. It was just high tech cubes. I don't know. They I was like, you're device. green. I don't remember. Yeah. Okay. Good, good stuff there. Yeah. We'll get into. Like, like, I remember the name of the episode is greening the cube. And that's the only reason yeah, I knew the cube. Yep. Important. Oh yep. yeah. Greening the cube. Another dumb episode title. Anyway. Anyway, um, okay, we'll get back to favorite episodes in a second. Uh, Justin, uh, a few highlights from the season. So my highlight of the show, I was a huge fan of, again, the documentary episode because I love the Atlas crew, um, specifically all of our Atlas ladies. Um, Aksha, apparently, now is an Atlas lady. Um, Veronica, like from the... Why didn't we have more of that? That was amazing. I need... You know, there's all at least unlike Korra, where we had to wait like three years for the comic book. There's already a Voltron comic, so I'm just waiting for my only Veronica Aksha issue. Like, I'm I'm ready. Please deliver to me next Wednesday. Thank you. Yes. Um, there is a number of people in this show who I am very attracted to. There was a, I think it was the season six podcast where I would not shut up about my love of Shiro and no hot dad. <laughs> he is you're, you're, you're famous for there, your there love are of hot so dad. many characters on this show who really rev my lions and okay goodbye I'm <laughs> i had to think of a phrase i could say hashtag rev my lion that's barely allowed um goodbye. <laughs> i don't think it is allowed it's uh, allowed um, justin do you like shiro more or less yeah. than hot shiro. dad yeah Keith. oh no see hunk may have stolen shiro's hot dad spot in that aging postcard where it's like, Oh, here's the group picture. And then they age up like 10, 15 years. Hunk lived up to his name. Let me t- tell you. <laughs> okay, okay. you know how old Cheryl looks though. I was like, you old. <laughs> I honestly, I love punk. He's one of my favorite characters. So Pidge seeing him like five feet. Yeah. Adult Pidge is great. Okay. <laughs> she, she's amazing. I, I want a whole spinoff just on her. <laughs> Not until I get punk hosting internet intergalactic iron chef. Mm. That's fair. Yeah, mm. uh, Justin, hot, original hot dad was Keith's dad, right? Uh, that's your yes. Oh no, oh, yeah. I remember this. Yes, to be in love with God. I was I was uncomfortable the whole time. I remember. <laughs> I, there were honestly, there were so many 
characters in this show that I just would love to be stranded in space with. Like, I okay. really okay. like. Okay, we get, we get it, we get it, we get it. Okay, <laughs> thank you, <laughs> thank you. That was good. Been a line for a while. Uh, Talk yeah. about the universe. Hmm. Okay, that's that's sweet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Is it? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, okay, I will that's... miss how many attractive people were in this show. Honestly, I'm gonna miss that. Yeah, I guess that doesn't really apply to to other shows. So just just had to get it out there. Um, there's a. I mean, it, I have Mystery Girl from Steven Universe left, and that's about it. That's a, I don't know. Okay, uh, Alex, uh, some things that stood out to you from this season. Um, I want to get your thoughts on on Lance in this season because he's in it a lot, like a lot more than uh, the average do? season. Yeah, that's kind of the problem, right? Because Lance starts off in this show as like the immature guy who's like all over the place and all over girls and he's like he transforms into a more mature person and like he gets the 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 motivating speeches in a couple of seasons but then this season where we finally dedicate to allurance like Lance just kind of becomes the like he becomes full-on supporting boyfriend which is nice but at the same time, it's like it kind of ruins the edge that Lance once had as a character. Like he he only gets to be sad for Allura or protect Allura or cry when Allura sacrifices her, himself. He kind of loses getting to be himself. Now, I, I will say that Lance Keith interactions here were kind of the best of the show. Oh my like, god, they were so good. Yeah, like when they get to ha- talk together, that that's great. And like it it it. It, that is what hits home the most of how much Lance ha- has gotten himself together, that they can just, like, have mature conversations about, like, what's going to happen to us later. Don't worry, we'll get through it sort of thing. Like, that was never Lance's thing. And now it finally is, and he can do it to Keith. So, like, Lance-Keith conversation is great, and I wish there was more of that. But, like, Lance, otherwise, he's kind of just the the person attached to Allura. And I, I kind of feel bad about that. Although at the same time, I think as a person, he, this is the Lance maybe I'd prefer to hang out with, but he's not as exciting of a character at this point. So I, I just I feel weird about him because I, I think I like him a lot, especially in the season. But at the same time, I can't defend him being kind of a cardboard cutout compared to what he's been in other seasons. I think they did. A, I honestly think they did Allura and Lance poorly. Like, I mean, I enjoyed watching it on screen, but it's not that I forgot Lance was in love with Alora, but I never, like, it just happens in the first episode. I'm like, what is going on? Like, I was like, we've spent the entire series of Alora not being interested in Lance, and he just asks her on a date, and she says yes? What? Like, I know they grew closer in season seven, but, like, It was a little fast, yeah. Um, and and the, the the line of I want to be your family or something like that. Like, and he's like, and I'm so... like, he's not going to, he's not going to do this, no way. And he goes, I love you. And I'm like, Jesus, Lance. I thought he was going to propose. Honestly, Honestly like, like I know it's a little fast, and I'm like, please don't propose, please don't propose. I love you. I'm like, still a lot, but you're better than I thought you were. Doing. I just like it's like it like on screen it was very cute and it was fine. Like it's what every like if we're going to have like a het relationship it was great it was beautiful it's what mako and cora could have been 
Not that they wanted them to be together, but like th- that carnival episode was a wreck, and this carnival episode was way better. <laughs> but like, <laughs> like it was so sudden. Like, at least like I didn't expect geez. that comparison. <laughs> I know, no one did. So, the little me. There was a carnival like, episode in Cora. Anyway, uh, yeah, we, we, we forget about it. Have you it's, met we, me? Um, we, but <laughs> I mentioned Cora and Harry Potter. Like, this is why I'm yeah, on the podcast. I'm waiting for the Harry Potter reference. We try I to forget the uh, Cora. We try to forget. She Cora. already did a Harry Potter reference. I already did a Harry Potter reference. I missed it. Okay, that was like forever um, ago. But like, I just I'm glad it wasn't just me though, because I was like, they're dating. What? And he was like, Yeah, my girlfriend. I was like, What? Yeah. Yeah. No, okay, he was, was like, it, No. My, my favorite part though was like, I was the, the moment I was actually shocked was like. You know, like Hunk was being cute and supportive, and like, and then afterwards, when they go to um, Pidge, like, Alora's like, "Yeah, I have a date with Lance." I'm like, "You think it's a date?" Like, I was <laughs> so confused. <laughs> other thing, though, real quick, I did want to bring up another thing that I loved from the season was Kate was Pidge and her mom. Oh my god! Mm. Like, yes, it's so good. Like, they just argue, and like, like when she's like, "I'm grounded," and like, I forgot she was even there, and she's like, "Oh yeah." Like, like the animation in that scene is so good, and they like pick Pidge up and like walk away with her. Like, What's her name? The the um, other Altea, not Alora. Um, Ramel. Yeah, that's impressive. Her whole you. we promise that we promise she will not leave the ground at any point. Like it just greatest just, line like, of the Pauline season is the best. Like well, what a great mom because she's like uh, she's grounded, and they're just like arguing, and then like she has this like evil grin, and then later. Like my, uh, my the other my favorite scene actually that I like one of the top five scenes I've seen in my life that was like so relatable was when Pidge is like I'm out of tokens can I have some tokens and then he's like her dad's like how many do you need and she's like how many do you have and as soon as she's about to give them her mom swipes them and it's like you have to take a picture with me and they like negotiate <laughs> like she's like I want a family picture <laughs> it's Half so smart. good. It's so good. Like, I live for that kind of nonsense. It was so relatable. Like, nice. So good. I just wanted, like, again, of course, I love all things Pidge, but Pidge and her mom were, like, the best. <laughs> like, yeah, it was the best. I think it was, like, one of the most accurate representations of a 15-year-old girl. Like, and being, like, a nerdy 15-year-old girl. Like, I'm like, this is me. Like, this, this was me when I was 15. That's, that's, that's we mentioned fantastic. the original Paladins. Can we talk about how awkward and uncomfortable the Lance Alfor scene was, and then how very quickly we like we had five seconds of Alora and her father. Like he was treated yep, like one step. Yep. I the felt the love like, you feel for my daughter. Why did you say that out loud? <laughs> that was so <laughs> uncomfortable for everyone. Like as soon as I realized who was matched up, I'm like, Lance's with Alfor. This you isn't know, gonna go watching, well. And my girlfriend's like, wait a minute. And I was like, oh. And I no, saw that. Of, co- of course, you have to have the prerequisite. Yes, I'm her father, and I am allowing this to happen. Yeah, you have like, to have the okay, shovel okay, talk. Have my blessing. Good you job. Have the shovel talk with her dead dad. That's how extra this one. <laughs> it was extra. so uncomfortable for everyone. Okay. Okay, that's a lot of stuff. Um, I agree. Colleen was a, a standout. I, I forgot about that a little bit. She's the standout side. Oh, in the video, that was also the best part of the documentary episode. Was her trying yeah. to be like, boom, boom, plants, and Colleen's like, uh. Yeah, just like so it. much great recycled poop. Like that that that's a great line in itself. <laughs> okay. Like, okay. 
Okay. Uh, back to some stuff Alex said for a quick second. Uh, Keith and Lance, yes, the two standout scenes this season. And uh, how dare you say that they're the best clan scenes, though? Season one, them flirting. That was obviously the best. Um, that but, was so uh, long ago. Wait, are we not talking about when, are you talking about when he, like, carries his body? Like, which yes. Like, okay, that was obviously the best. <laughs> yeah, Just okay. checking. Look, I like my relationships to be based on open communication, okay? And okay, it's, really it's good that they got there, but uh, it was also uh, fantastic in, uh, originally. Um, at least we got some Keith and Lance at the end, even if that, uh, we genuinely thought they were doing clans at the beginning and they did not go anywhere with that. Um, which a lot of fans are upset about and I don't think is, uh, is, is particularly legitimate considering the show never really said it was doing anything no. like that. Yeah. You yeah. don't know what happened. Also, it'd be awkward because so, Keith is like grown up like 25 years in comparison to the rest Keith of Keith is also older now. Yeah, he is. Um, uh, let me defend Lance for a second, my fave. Uh, I think that's, uh, he's oh, secondary wow, that's to. Fave. Okay. See, well, he hasn't been very good, so I've been hiding. You haven't gotten the Slav uh, yet, Alex. That's why Lance. <laughs> oh, well, Slav is my true fave. But, um, Lance, uh, he was definitely like auxiliary to Allura this season, um, which is because the, they're trying to characterize Allura primarily. I think this is supposed to be the ultimate evolution of Lance. Like, in, season one he is very selfish very hot-headed very um not very respectful to women maybe um although it wasn't ever overtly to an extent where he's super unsympathetic but he's just very like trying to hit on everyone not a not a great look this is uh he's full-on supportive to his girlfriends and uh he's uh selfless and uh like subdued. if i like boys i date lance yeah he, he's sweet <laughs> like there's no getting it's, around right, my so girlfriend's the, the... looking at me very appalled <laughs> First. <laughs> Keith, oh, that's the that's the debate. Okay. Um no the the point I would is that Laura, okay? I'm gay, <laughs> but still. I date everyone. Yeah, we got that. We got that part. Um the- <laughs> my girlfriend my girlfriend's like, why wouldn't you date Honk? Because that's her favorite. If she was straight, she'd date Honk. Just to so make everyone clear. She's now my favorite person in this podcast at the moment. Glad there's so there's many uh, options apparently. Um the, the the point being that this is this is the culmination of a transformation for Lance that has been shown on screen. It's not just that he's suddenly auxiliary. It's that he's uh, we've slowly seen him coming, beca- maturing, and uh, I, it's definitely not to the extent that I would have liked that we've saw step by step through it. He's he's taken back seat sometimes. Sometimes he's been more of a focus. Like it was but- it wasn't the Keith journey that we got to have. Yeah, I think, yeah, I do think Keith's uh, arc was, was better, but I do think that this is earned what I saw from him this season to enough of an extent where I did appreciate, uh, the, the way he was characterized. And I think Lance kind of ends the show as a good character. Um, I think that he, he's like uh, a hot uh, farmer. Did. Like everyone should be happy. Like I think at, at the yeah. various points throughout this show, Lance was not a good character. And I do think we got there with him to enough of an extent. No, we did. For the record, I was only upset that I was like, why are they dating? <laughs> like, I was like, that happened so fast. Yeah. Well, the presentation of uh, Lance and Alert, that was uh, the show never did any romance for seven seasons. And then right away we get into that. That was uh, very jarring. But, I was like, um, what? <laughs> yeah. I think they realized they had one season left and they're like, oh, no. Yeah, basically. I think so. Alex, it's our last night oh. on Earth. I'm like, y'all are being really dramatic. <laughs> yeah. No, the, the Delaney mentioning that she becomes a, uh, he becomes a farmer at the end. And I, I do feel the need to bring up that like Lance is it says that he's Cuban in the show and like the them making the Hispanic character become a farmer at the end. Yeah. Like, it, 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 it felt a little weird to me. Like, I have to say, it's I'm not like. I'm not offended by it. Like uh, I'm sure there are people who who might be, but at the at the same time, I won't deny that. Like it, it feels like a weird way to go, especially considering that like Lance. Did we know this, they it, had a farm? I uh, somebody said that they mentioned it. I don't remember it. My only connection to Lance and the farm is that he has the cow. Like that's it, and that was as that's a what joke. matters. 
But like yeah. that was just a joke. The the Lance ending just gave me a bit of a sour notes to end Lance on. But overall, he was I, like, "I have a simple life," which is how I like it. I'm like, "Is that how you like it?" Like it, it, again, it speaks to Dylan's point that this is the culmination of Lance's transformation as a character to like becoming content with what he to what he has, sort of thing. But it just it, it it feels weird because we've known Lance for so long as not that. And so, like, I, I get that you want to say that it's an earned transformation, but like at the same time, I feel like the jump from season seven to season eight just feels a little bigger of a jump. Like season seven, Lance is, I think, like where I would have expected him to end. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of a jump there that uh, if we had, if they had a little bit more time, they would have, or they should have, you know. They had, they had plenty of time, but um, I, I, Lance being a uh, Cuban, Alex probably not ultimately well handled by the show. Uh, well, it's like yeah. everyone gets these super cool endings, and it's like Lance is a farmer, and I'm like, ah! yeah, uh, yeah. I, 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 I was but that. to the show's credit, the the one thing that there is the family dinner at the the first episode. That I think that, that that's handled pretty well. It's a cute scene, like we see their whole family. Lance is introducing his relatives. You got Louis Louis in there, so like it, it, that 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 scene is like. Probably the best that Voltron ever did in terms of in terms of Lance's backstory, it, but uh, yeah. So like, there's there's some positive in there, but like, it, it wasn't great overall. Okay. I empathize so strongly with having to bring a girl home to get out of the kids' table. Like, I've been there, done that, Lance. Like, I finally earned my spot at the big kids' table. I, I understand. Congratulations. Okay. Um, well, <laughs> I promised to get back to uh, Ezor and Zethrid so we can quickly talk about the grudge, um, which uh, we thought these characters were dead last season. Um, we we're pretty convinced Ezor and Zethrid, and then we learn they're alive. The, the reveal with Zethrid, um, the ending of this episode with uh, with the, her, Ezor having left her because Zethrid's still like bad, and then them getting back together at the end of it. Um, kind of this anti-fridging Delaney, I would say. Like, yes. uh, they, we thought they're dead, and then actually they're alive, and they kind I of get so happy shocked. Yeah. I forgot they were dead. <laughs> I was honest. like, why do I care that Zephyr's being real? Oh, she was dead. I'll be honest, oh. I forgot they were dead, too, but I was like... Cool, it's Zethrid. But then, like, at first I was like, Inzor's dead. And then they were like, she broke up with me. And I was like, this is so good. <laughs> like, I was like, this is the best. Yeah, yeah. See, th- that's the thing that stood out to me. Like, what did we see anything of, like, Ezor becoming good off screen? No, that, that was, it, was, it was off screen. But, oh, okay. That felt a little weird. <laughs> well, yeah. it's These these characters were main characters at some point and then were really, they were in one episode last season, one episode this season. Um, I guess they're in the background with some ending stuff. Um, yeah, what I love about the like she broke up with me thing is like she's gone. I thought it was like, oh, she you survived and she died. That's it's, what like, I playing thought with our too. expectations. Yeah, I think and that's then she's on like, purpose. she broke up with me, and I was like, this is the best. It really, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I love that episode. No, it was like, so the, good. Like, well, yeah. the whole time I'm like, the whole time I didn't care that they were chasing the others. I was like, okay, who is hunting Keith? I was like, it's someone we know, but who is it? And then it was Zethrid, and I was like, I'm so shocked because I was like, <laughs> what? And then it yeah. just got so good. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I wish like that the, it was more than two out of, uh, 26 episodes spent on this arc, but, uh, like for what it was, I think it was kind of thrilling. I'm very satisfied by it. Like it was really funny. And then when they break out and she's like, let me help you. Yeah, it was, is and, uh, it also, yeah, it was, it was good. I'll, we also had, uh, as you mentioned, Aksha and Veronica, which I would not count as, uh, no. <laughs> queer representation. I, think I felt it was... though. No, okay. it was so good though. Like, okay, so she's like, she waited. She's like, come eat with us. And then it was like so horrifically awkward. And then later, so terrible. 
they have like the guns and she's like you sn- snuck up on me and i was like say you just want to be your friend and then veronica says it and i was like yes <laughs> and like veronica is just like laying it on so hard i'm like i feel this so this is so good and like a- aksha is the one who like steps in in that final c- scene and be like hey ezra left because you were being mad and stuff and she had to leave and then like Zethra tries to shoot Aksha but Veronica steps into sniper it's, it's like so good Veronica saves Aksha yay it's like that was that was stuff. great I, I yeah, like Veronica especially I ship like, it. She, she's Veronica's great. so great Veronica's so oh, better than Lance I'm sorry wow I think Veronica was a standout of last season and she didn't really get the spotlight I was looking for this season right um, same. yeah yeah uh but uh, I like I like I said in the previous podcast, the B plot in this episode integrates incredibly well to the A plot at the end. Of, like I think that I'm just in love with the grudge and how it's constructed uh, narratively. Um, and uh, yeah, and uh, Aksha should note Aksha and Keith did not go anywhere. Um, I'm sh- like I was like, what? Come on, guys. <laughs> Are we upset? Uh, I'm honestly the most thing I'm the one. Oh, thing didn't I you am- say you shipped it last? I think you. Uh, said- oh, I totally said I shipped it. Last time. <laughs> I was fine with it. I Are am you devastated? I'm not devastated. I was kind of like, is it going to happen? And then like, I was like, guess not. They didn't speak to each other the entire <laughs> season. So the show is a little all over the place. With its, it's, it's a little, I think it's a lot all over the place. <laughs> the season was cray cray. And this entire show is like all over the place. It, 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 there's a lot of Zethrodonezor. We're holding um, away from them. I do just like, want to say. Like, they got Koyla and Kolovar together, but we can't get Keith and, like, are you serious? In Keith's epilogue, where they talk about the Blades of Malmora, Bal- Malmora, Bal- the Blades, Whatever it is. Now being Blades of Malmora. Yeah. Organization, we see Zephyrid and Ezor are now part of the Blades, helping mm-hmm. out humanitarian yeah, so. relief. No, it's hilarious to me that they said, like, humanitarian them. relief. Like, to me, that is so funny that this happened. People said that in the previous podcast too. Yeah, they said it's hysterical. <laughs> Forget who said. Okay, interesting. The Red That's Cross. Please. Also, like I understand that, like, like Keith is so obnoxious. It's so good, but like, I was like, when I saw, like, you know, that like it looks like the Crawls era, and I was like, oh my god, it's gonna be Keith. And then, then I, obviously, I knew he wasn't gonna do it because that's not who Keith is. But I was a little not satisfied that it wasn't Keith. Yeah. I was like, be king, do it. Mm, yeah. No, he. Uh... He's too good. I, I, I like that they kind of subverted that stupid trope with the uh, you must uh, re- would Lance tell him that you must uh, re- refuse to be uh, yeah the, the he was like yeah right? basically yeah. that was really good that was actually yeah that was actually good uh, trope subversion there yeah I enjoyed um, it a lot it was really funny yeah okay um, quick, uh, around the horn favorite episode I think Delaney said shadows um, I would also say uh, shadows Alex uh, I, I'm I'm I've kind of been convinced that The Grudge is a really good episode after talking it through. Like, I, oh, yeah, I, probably, I, don't remember, I only remember like three of the episodes. <laughs> yeah, <fine>. like <laughs> I, I, I would have said the the documentary episode just to like piss Dylan off, but like uh, I, I think the, I think The Grudge is legitimately good. So I, I think yeah, I'll and also like the A plot B plot thing does convince me. So I'll I'll say The Grudge. I'll I'll say The Grudge. Okay. Yeah, uh, Justin. I'll say Day Forty Seven. Uh, that would be my worst of the season. Okay. Um, so you're wrong. You're, you're wrong, Dylan, but okay. Because you don't like splits. hunk, you don't appreciate food. Uh, 
I uh, like the idea of that episode. I'll say that. Um, I think The Grudge would probably be my number two. Um, also, Genesis. We talked about this previous podcast. Anyway. Um, Which yeah, we episode about, is Genesis? Uh, the mid-season Six. finale. The one where we think oh, Lotor okay. is back. Yeah. Um, and uh, then, no. Uh, we talked about Oops. minor characters enough, so we can skip over that. I will. Yeah. Slav, obviously, I love. And uh, talked about him on the previous podcast. Um, so let's, uh, I think, let's move to uh, closing out our Voltron coverage here with uh, talking about Voltron as a, as a series, as a whole, a post-mortem for Voltron is what I'd <laughs> Do you get yeah. it guys? I don't know. I don't know if they do get it, but uh, yeah, the, that's an episode. The, there was an episode. There's an episode. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, when yeah. Zarkon dies. Yeah. It's post-mortem. Yeah. 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 I'm impre- Delaney, you remember a lot of stuff about Voltron. I'm impressed with this. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Uh, if we're going to be honest, like if we talk about coverage other than miraculous ladybug, I have probably been like, You've been a lot, yeah. Well, we start to finish. Uh, you and I were doing uh, Voltron, yeah. And then Justin also been on a ton of them, Jeff. And then we've had uh, Alex, Andy, Haley, uh, Steve, others as well. Yeah, it's, it's, we've, we've, uh, Voltron start to finish coverage. Um, it's a show that we have thought highly of. Um, we've seen, finally seen the conclusion here. Uh, I guess, Delaney, what are you, what are you going to remember about the show? Um, what do you think of, uh, what do you think looking back on the entire series? Are you emotional about it ending? Uh, all, all of that stuff. I I don't think I'm emotional about the ending, which is like uncharacteristic for me as a person. Because <laughs> uh, if you listen to like our coverage on Korra and Gravity Falls and Mysticons, which I'm still upset about Mysticons, I'm not going to talk about it. But uh, I it but it's not. I don't think necessarily that it's necessarily like, the worst thing ever. That I'm not like I enjoyed Voltron. I really did. But it is something we've talked about, like, the entire series. Like, they have great characters, but they're not really necessarily, like, I am not the most attached to every single character on Voltron. I was devastated by Allura dying, and Pidge is my child. But that's about it. And, you know, the show didn't give enough time to Pidge. And then they killed Allura. So, like, I'm over it. But um, I really did enjoy the series. Um, I don't think... I'm going to miss, I think, the show visually most of all is that it was a gorgeous show, like so gorgeous, mm. beautifully animated. And I am struggling to think of its equal, you know, like, you know, like after Korra, it's Voltron, it's gorgeous. And, you know, that's the thing. We'll be waiting for the next, like, gorgeously animated show. I will say, um, after, like, when we, like, you know, when we first started in season one, I would not have anticipated me liking the show as much as I do now, or is it being as successful as it, as it is ending currently, or at its peak in season six. Like, season one was a little rough, and the first three episodes of the show are, like, mildly terrible. And I have to, like, I tell people to watch Ultron, and I'm like, get through the first three episodes, and it gets great, I promise. Like, I have, like I'm like, it's just get through it, and it's fine. But... Like I do, I do think this show has done incredible things. Um, I will say, I never would have imagined me loving a basically a mech anime this much because mm-hmm. that's not my thing to watch. And I do think I will say this was something I would have liked to mention earlier, and it's something my girlfriend said while we were watching was, you know, season eight really just reminds you that it's a mech anime, like real hard. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. And that's the thing. Like I really did enjoy. I really did enjoy Voltron. It is not my favorite genre at all. But I do think they've done an incredible job, I think, taking a genre that is, you know, laughed at, that is, you know, it's, I mean, it's popular, people love it, but it's not something taken seriously. And to bring it to this level and to have it, you know, in, you know, it's not, you know, to take it from 
you know, this isn't Transformers. Like, this is Western animation, uh, like, mech anime, and it's incredible. Like, they have done a great job visually. They have done a great job with characters plot-wise. They We have had diversity. We had an incredible ending for same-sex representation. And for a year of female same-sex representation, for Voltron to end on male same-sex is incredible. And, like, I did, I really just enjoyed the show. It's great. I will say season eight is not the peak. And, you know, if maybe the show had ended in season six, it would, maybe we would, it was, maybe would have been best. But I don't know. Like, I love the show. Um, it's not the best show that we've ever covered, but I did, I really do enjoy Voltron. I do think people should watch it. And, like, I, I really did love it. And I do think there have been some great, and for to reboot, a show like Voltron from the 80s to make it what it is now, they've done an incredible job. And I think I will remember I will remember this show fondly. And it's like been great. I've enjoyed covering it with all of you. Yeah. And like I just it's great. And Pidge is my child. That's it. Like Pidge is my child and she must be protected forever. Okay. That is a proper way to end, I would say, for, for <laughs> Voltron. Um yeah, fantastic stuff. I def- definitely about the point of this being the the reboot of the old Voltron show. Um certainly fantastic for what it is. Um if you're looking for visual successors to Voltron in terms of animation, I would say Hilda and yes. Castlevania. We're gonna um, watch that. Two. Um that's me and my girlfriend are maybe halfway through Hilda. I don't know. It's nice. been slow going, but Hilda's awesome. Everyone should watch that too. Yeah, yeah. Just in terms of like some of the Hilda Castlevania, some of those gorgeous. Should images. I watch then, Castlevania? Yes. Um, Wait, um, as soon as you, if you want a uh, super super violent action, if you want that, um, you could you could do. Uh, it, um, it's a, di- a different distinctive style. And then uh, Studio Mir, uh, right. who's is responsible for uh, the the. Uh, gorgeousness along with obviously the, the u.s production team on voltron has koji their original show coming up uh, at some point Ooh. so we will look to that for to see what studio mirror is doing next also a space show final space has its first season out like there are moments that stand out there in terms of visually speaking too yeah in terms of being a space show that has some gorgeous animation yeah episode nine of final space especially uh, and there's a bunch of them as well so that's but that's it a good looks call. like family guy mm. <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's not uh as good as Voltron yet, but it's it's at its first season and it's, it is has been gorgeous at times. Um, the comedy is much better than Family Guy, I'll say. But no. that's a interesting. Uh, <laughs> some people uh, is it just an interesting take with uh, calling Family Guy not funny? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'm saying. Okay, that. wow. Mel is screaming fine. somewhere. Yeah, Mel, Mel is upset. Okay, <laughs> Mel, uh, I want just, everyone to know the entire time I was at Mel's house, all we did was watch Family Guy. Oh, oh that's no. a good, good activity. <laughs> Okay, uh, Justin, give us your postmortem for Voltron. This is the only Voltron series to actually end. The original, <laughs> original 80s Voltron, everyone only remembers the Lion Voltron because of Nostalgia Goggles. There was a second season. They were trying to do Robotech where they had three different animes combined into one thing. Lion Voltron is Voltron of the far universe. Then we had the near universe of Vehicle Voltron. There was a third one, the mid-universe. Never aired because Vehicle Voltron flopped so hard. That show never finished. The 96 reboot, the CGI 96 one, didn't go well. The 2011 reboot only got one season, didn't finish correctly. So the fact that five years after that last flop, I mean, Voltron Force is great, go watch it. But after that critical fa- commercial failure, again, five years later, they rebooted it for the third time and actually finished a Voltron show. Like eight seasons. For the first time in over 30 years, a Voltron show ended that is the sheer fact that they finally got the 80s reboot formula right 
because the Thundercats reboot didn't work. The last Voltron reboot didn't work. And now that Voltron did well, now we got the Shiro reboot. Which from is so the, good. So good. Go watch it. And right so now. I think like Voltron. Go watch Shira. But now that Voltron did well, I think the door is open of like, oh, wait, we can take shows from the 80s, ones that did super well, like the original Shira, and then ones that maybe are only doing well in nostalgia, Voltron, and actually bring them into the modern day, revitalize them, diversify them, make, take the concept and make it work better. And I think it's honestly changed the way we look at reboots. Nobody was excited for a Voltron reboot, except for the fact it was the people behind Korra. Only reason anybody cared. Because no one cared about a Voltron reboot, as we saw in 2011. Didn't work. So the sheer fact that this show happened and got its correct ending at all is a miracle. And yeah, I I will miss it, and I will miss working with all of you on covering this show. Yes, yes. Okay, good, good historical perspective on Voltron, and yes, uh, the end of an era in covering this show. Reboot Robotech next, DreamWorks, thank you, please. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised you haven't mentioned, said the words vehicle Voltron or anything like that yet. Um, uh, maybe you didn't, I tuned it out. <laughs> I got uh, but... all of my, all my nerd references in in one go. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> Alex, parting thoughts here. By the way, DuckTales is also a reboot that oh, is- Oh, I need to watch it. So, like, that, that, that's going on too. Please listen to our DuckTales podcast, shameless plug. <laughs> but anyways, uh, Voltron, the thing that uh, sticks out the most to me, when it, like the thing I'm going to remember is Lotor. Like, honestly, he, he, he was such a, a, a ray of light in this show. Like, he lifted the show up. He was a very manip- uh, manipulative but charming villain. He like went through the the very evilness to like pretending to be good and then like going back to being crazy. So like he had his whole villain arc and he goes down in a blaze of glory. Like that that anti Voltron fight is I is my personal favorite of the robot fights in this show. So like L- Lotor is the thing that made Voltron like especially special for me and like the the thing that I most enjoyed out of it. But also like. Like Voltron did manage to have its emotional moments. Like there is the the Keith Shiro interaction. By the way, just fi- final season thing. No Keith Shiro interaction whatsoever in season eight, which is kind of disappointing. But Keith Shiro throughout the show had been very well done. Seeing Lance go, go through his character transformation, like overall that that was an impressive arc. And Pidge's whole family thing, like that was a big thing in the first half of half of the show. And like at times, at times it, it maybe dragged a little but like there were huge moments especially like the time she goes into the graveyard like the the, the there are scenes of, of these emotional moments that do stick out and show voltron at its best at, at least like i i think that voltron it's a genre show right it's an action show so if you don't like action as i usually am not like i i just i'm just not attracted to that stuff so a lot of the stuff maybe that works for most people that watch don't work for me but at the same time i think that voltron has enough of characterization and humor and and, and like emotional moments that it still ends up being a successful show regardless if you like the action or not like i think there's enough outside of that 
that really makes Voltron a, a, a quality show. So in the end, I, I think that Voltron is a show that it will stick with me. It was one that I was hesitant to get into. I don't think I caught up until they were like season five or, or something like that. So like I, I was a latecomer. But in the end, I'm, I'm happy I did it because uh, there were big, big moments of the show that did really hit. And there were moments that were really fun. And so that that's all, all I ask of a show that like it, it makes me happy to watch it. And there were definitely moments where I, I was pumping my fist at times. So it, it, it's a show that I'll, I'll miss. And I'm glad I'm glad that it went out when it when it did. Like it keeps me with the good memories of what of how was it its best. And that's what kept me watching, though, too, was, like, what you everything you said. Because I do not, like, you know, action is not my thing. Like, there's a reason I stopped watching Ruby. And and then, like, the only... Oh, like, that's, that's the reason. Okay. God, there's so many reasons I stopped watching <laughs> Ruby. But, <laughs> but, like, you know, I wouldn't have kept watching Voltron if there wasn't something to keep me there. Because, like, you know, the, the especially with everything that happened in this season. Like, I am so tired of giant robots. Oh, my God. I will say this. At least when the Atlas and Voltron fused, it fixed Atlas looking really stupid. <laughs> it ultimately looked really cool, and it was, it was <laughs> like I do uh, looking cool. It still looked way better than the Atlas did. So that's really that was that was okay. I mean, I was like rolling my eyes the entire time it was happening, but like, hey, still better than when the Atlas turned into anything. Every time the Atlas transformed, my like soul left my body. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, <laughs> they literally okay, call it a transformation sequence in the they show. Did. Yeah, they did. I, I, <laughs> that, yeah, that, that, I, I that's amazing. That. It's now, the best part of the season. Every time it happening, me, my girlfriend would be like, "Oh my god!" Like every time Voltron transformed, and then there was a couple times when they didn't tra- like they didn't do the sequence, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I'm so shocked. Yeah. Um, uh, Delaney, did you hear Ruby got nominated for best show on our awards? I so, did. Uh, <laughs> I know. I know you've been watching things, and like I remember you ch- posted a picture about like. They're all back together, and I was like, I'm shocked. So, like, there's part of me that okay, okay, we did again, <laughs> but I'm about to not because, like, I don't think I can emotionally don't. handle how long it's going to take me to be satisfied. I, I don't think you should. Okay, so. <laughs> checking. Oh, well, well <laughs> at dawn, still a thing. Yes, but less so. But yes. no, not watching it. <laughs> well, uh, bringing us back to Voltron for a second. Like, you, you mentioned like bringing the characters together, and that's kind of also a part of Voltron that I kind of I, I don't want to leave this on a sad note, but I kind of lament the fact that because we had like five or six main characters like even when they were together we i feel like we never really get like it's we have to focus on this character and then we like spend like eight episodes crossing the other people before we get back to the character and so because of that like while the moments are there but a lot of the times the the arcs so to speak feel like there's too much time between because of that it feels like there were moments like there's moments where like Keith is a great character and then he disappears. There's moments where Pidge is a great character and then she disappears. So I wish that obviously it's a huge cast. So like it's it's a I met a daunting task for writing staff to to manage this. But I just kind of wish that I love the characters more than I do. But but even like we had moments where they were separated and you give them their their own episodes but then they come together and it's like we only bring them together to do the fight stuff where none of that characterization really I matters. I will say the epilogue was really great though. Yeah, the epilogue is, is like great. the dinner as much as as much as I was sad and frustrated that was oh, yeah. that was nice. 
Yeah, yeah. So th- th- there, okay, so there there were moments where like they're all together and it does like feel right. emotional anyway. So and I guess like the allure saying goodbye to everyone like that that's also like a moment. Where <laughs> I was they're so all upset. Together. It's upsetting, yeah. but it, it brings out emotions, right? So, like, the, the, there are moments where all the characters are together and do do get stuff. But I, I guess just in general, I do feel like the character, the 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 balance of characters was something that the show ne- I feel never really got uh, got together, and it's something that I I, I think could have elevated Voltron into something even greater than it already is. Yes. On that note, um, to my my qu- quick final thoughts, I've talked a lot about how. Voltron has hasn't had heart on this podcast. It's kind of my season finale speech. It needs to find its heart. Um, that being characters, emotional stakes. You guys touched on it great. Um, I've never felt super invested in the characters or emotionally connected with the show. I don't think it ultimately really ever did find its heart. Um, it that's, found that's, it, but then it threw it out the window because they killed Alora. <laughs> That's it. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> some of it's be- better stuff with the lure there in the last season. Um, that being said, it did have its emotional moments, uh, like, uh, Alex got into and, um, it had some good character moments. And, um, ultimately though, like, uh, I think I'm remembering the show for its, its incredible visuals for this epic space journey that we went on from start to finish, like covering it and just watching it from the beginning. Um, I think do think seasons three to six, which are production wise season two for the show, I think is honestly a highlight of modern animation. I think that there are so many standout episodes from that run, um, that are really just, uh, feats of narrative animation and just storytelling in general. Um, and I do think this final season had a few of those as well, which we highlighted. So, uh, and last, last season had one or two, like, um, there's, there's so much, uh, good stuff that we don't really get from any other show that we, that we have, um, hoping shows like Shira can pick up the mantle. Um, but, uh, just this, this kind of like high level dramatic storytelling that we got from Voltron is astounding. I think the Black Paladins is an, an all timer episode. That's the, gonna be my number one here. And the fight between Clone Shiro and, uh, Keith is, uh, one of the best action sequences in modern animation history. Um, it just in general, there are a bunch of, uh, fantastic, uh, action sequences, especially around that time in the show. And, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it, I do think it will be remembered favorably for, for all these reasons. I really hope this is, uh, not the end of an action anim- an action uh, animation animated show like this um and that there will be more um to come in in this vein because there were not a lot uh while the show was airing on the air like this and um you know hopefully shows like Shira Young Justice which is coming back um are are going to propel uh this genre in this medium forward much like this show I think did maybe more than any other show of its time um and uh yeah it's been it's been Quite the journey with uh, the show and these uh, and these these characters in this podcast uh, with with covering all of it. I hope you guys uh, enjoy listening to all of this and uh, let us know parting thoughts you have in the comments on the YouTube comments and uh, send us emails. Uh, you can also talk with us on our Discord. That's where we're always there at OverlyAnimated.com/slash/discord. The Voltron channel will be there probably forever. Um, we'll, we'll continue the any. Uh, Slav thoughts I have thoughts I have in a year uh, about uh, his role in the show. I'll post there, and I don't know what are we going to be talking about with Voltron in a year. Like, uh, <laughs> our, uh, where's this character now? What what ultimately happened to uh, to Shiro and uh, 
And Curtis, where's the Shiro Curtis fan fiction that's continuing? What's what's up? What's up with that now? It's perfect. Um, you can do whatever you want with Curtis. It's, there's literally a blank slate, so, so you can just you can just write about it. I anticipate there'll be a, a, a quite a few of that. Um, Curtis so, is an ice skater who becomes partners with Shiro and teaches him how to ice skate. No, no, yeah. don't make it Yuri on Ice. Come on, we we, we got already have enough of that. Yuri on Ice. <laughs> we have enough of that. Yuri. We don't. We don't need what that. if Yuri on Ice is the alternate reality that got cut okay, off? Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> we were born to make <laughs> history. Yes. No, no history. Uh, thanks, thanks to all our patrons at Patreon.com/slash Overly Animated. Um, uh, our sp- patron, of the podcast, Sagatores, and thanks as always to our patron executive producers, John Ryan, Steve, Alex, and Hugh. Um, Voltron got three nominations in our end of year awards, so you'll see a, a one in, a the OVs. Win- OVAEs slash OVAEs. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the end of, uh, you'll get a winner's podcast in your Voltron feed as well. We'll see if Voltron picks up any of those three categories. Um, you can vote at, uh, overlandmedia.com slash awards. Also check out Ruby, OKKO, um, and, uh, Spider-Man movie coverage, all that at overlandmedia.com. And we'll have, uh, some more end of year stuff coming up here. As if you well. like Voltron, you'll love Shira. Uh, yes, I, I think so. The oh Voltron, my god, Sh- it's my life. Shira, Shira is Voltron, but a lot more female. And, and uh, with a lot of heart. Yes, I think that, that I would say is the main difference, is the heart. Um, and uh, no studio mute for, for Shira, but um, yeah. But it's, it's still gorgeous. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, and we also have Shira, we'll have Shira coverage as well. So all that at overlandmedia.com. Thanks so much guys for listening to our Voltron podcast. We will see you next time. Bye. 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 Oh, my oh God. God. No, they're not. Try again. I'm not ending with that. <laughs> no, something I, else. I refuse. <laughs> no. Something, oh, my literally. God. You suck so bad. Be Bobby. Oh, God.